Thanks for listening to the Headliners Podcast. New episodes are available every Thursday on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Welcome to our show today. This is the Headliners. I'm Jared Huff here with my friend James Krause and my other friend Quinn Wilson. How are you guys doing today? I'm doing pretty well. How are you guys doing today? I'm I'm mad at the system. We're gonna rage against the machine today. I've already talked about it. I like today is just gonna be me ranting about the NFL and the NCAA and and pe- problems people have and I love James rants. I, I was just getting ready to say the same thing. <laughs> I love a James this, rant. This, this is the perfect uh, this is the perfect uh, episode for me to get on because <laughs> of our topics today. Yeah, welcome back. It's been a while. I yeah. missed you, man. I, I'm glad to be back, especially when we're talking about the stuff we got on, on deck today. All right. So you want to lead us off then? Yeah, Colin Kaepernick is, is going to work out. And by getting a workout, I mean he's being forced to do a workout. Uh, the NFL, I don't have all the details in front of me, but basically the NFL sent out a memo sometime this week basically saying Kaepernick is going to have a workout. All the teams are invited. It's going to be an interview and a workout, and he's going to do some some other stuff. All Saturday in Atlanta, They <laughs> Kaepernick's team said, can we do it another Saturday? They're like, nope, you're doing it this Saturday. So they are in control now. The NFL is in control of when Colin Kaepernick works out for teams. So the interesting thing is there's some teams that already said they're interested. Um, the Lions and Dolphins definitely said they're coming. Um, the Falcons, of course, because it's in their building. Right. And then the Redskins, who – desperately need a quarterback yes. right the Cowboys said they may send a representative um, according to ESPN but there's not that's kind of fuzzy there's there's no real details behind that one but the true question is do you guys think he would get back to the league with this workout I really hope so there's a lot of teams that need quarterbacks out there and the Dolphins which are one of the teams going there they're one of the teams that need a quarterback I think maybe for a lot of teams they've reached the point of well we're out of excuses to not sign him, to be like, well, he's been out of the league for X amount of years. Well, here's a guy from five years ago that's starting a game. And, and I think last year a guy from the Bills was on a five-year layoff. Derek Anderson uh, yeah, was I on a five-year layoff. And they signed him, and he started a game against the New England Patriots. So there's not there's no room for excuses for a lot of teams anymore, considering that where he left off, he was still, you know, better than I would say half the quarterbacks in the league. He definitely was suitable. Um, a lot of teams could have used them, especially if their starting quarterback is injured. Um, considering the teams that's looking at him, that's a pretty good te- That's a pretty good list. I, I, I hope a couple other teams will get on that list, um, You know, especially my Bears, but we'll get into that later. Uh, my biggest thing now is they said that with it being Saturday, a lot of teams can't attend because that's the right. Day he before put they... out a tweet saying, yeah. "I can't wait for the coaches and GMs." And Adam Schefter was like, "There's not going to be any of them there. Exactly, they're, they're getting ready for games." Yeah, they're across the country, so it's it's definitely going to be really interesting to see what happens with this. I'm a Kaepernick supporter. I supported him with like uh, mm-hmm. his fight against uh, racial injustice and police brutality. And I think he sh- he would still be in the league right now if he never took a stand. That's my personal opinion. Right. If, like, yeah. he never knelt or anything like that. So I would love to see, like, the, the NFL at least do something humanely right by uh, giving him another chance. But I don't know how humanely right this is in the first place because it seems like a very 
half-hearted effort to say, That's well, true. we're going to try and get him back in the league. They wouldn't even and if after this state. they're not signed, it's like, all right, well, we've given up on that. Because this is after the settlement. This is after, you know, we've talked about before Jay-Z has gone involved with the social justice department in the league. I feel like maybe someone got in their ear or this is part of something that they're saying, well, this is our makeup to Colin Kaepernick. We're going to give him this workout. Um, it's free. It's on us. Many people believe that the workout was a um, was a response to when they asked his representatives earlier, has he ever got any invites or any any private invitations to work out? And the uh, the rep said none. No teams have reached out to Cap. So Which, again, brings me to I don't feel like – I feel like this is a half-hard effort because, like, if they were genuine interest in teams, why haven't they invited him already? Exactly. It, it Like – at the end of the day, their whole excuse was they didn't want the kneeling thing. They didn't want the drama surrounding the kneeling thing. Yeah. But they will welcome drama of bad quarterbacking over the <laughs> over over all of that. And it's like, at the end of the day, sports fans who are mad about all that, they would not – if Colin Kaepernick was on their team and they took him to the Super Bowl, they would not give a, 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 give a care in the world to – uh, what his political standings were. As they shouldn't. Like, As, if he's winning you games, let the man play. Right. Yeah. But they're going to say, well, we can't let him, you know, do that because so-and-so. Or they'll talk themselves into that he was a bad quarterback, even though when he left the league, he had a better QBR than Joe Flacco. And wow. Joe Flacco is still wow. in the league, <laughs> by, by, hanging on by hair, but he's still in the league three years later. And Colin Kaepernick is, like, if he gets signed out of this – I'll be really, really shocked. So hopefully he's still in shape. Um, he claims he's been working out five days a week in this past three years. Um, last time he was in the NFL, they say he opted out his contract March 2017, but he just turned 32 on November 3rd. So he doesn't even have a lot of le- a lot of years left. See, with with age and quarterbacks, because um, I don't think Kaepernick's had any injuries really in his time in the NFL, right? Nothing serious. I feel like he had like a imagine. shoulder or an arm injury, I believe. But oh. none, yeah, like you yeah. said, nothing so serious. He's nothing 30. worse than you know when Peyton Manning broke his neck twice and they yeah. were, tried him out and they won a Super Bowl. With him. Yeah. So like he's 32 years old. He's taken the last three years off, so he's not having hits on his body. He's staying in shape. Um, and you're looking at quarterbacks nowadays that are playing into their 40s with like Tom Brady yes. and uh, Drew Brees. Yes. Philip Rivers is up there in age. Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, I'm not concerned at all about his age. I mean, this is a position that's proven lately to where guys can play into their 40s at high levels. I don't know why he just popped in my head when I thought about, in terms of, like, this might be comparing apples to oranges, but the first guy I thought of as how can you say we're going to, like, Colin Kaepernick isn't good enough to be in the league or his stance should keep him out of the league. Richie Incognito is in the league right oh, now. Yeah, yeah. Richie yeah. Incognito, we'll start off with all the, the – he bullied a guy. He ta- – not tased him. He hazed him. Uh, Sent, like, threatening emails using racial epithets. He went on a bender where basically he said the government is after him, and he is currently on a roster, and he is awful. He is a liability to the Oakland Raiders offense, <laughs> and they still have him. What is going to be anyone's excuse? No, we can't let a guy with those type of views in our uh, locker room because he's going to 
you know, mess things up. The Raiders are building a locker room based off of that. Yeah, the Raiders do love high-profile personalities. I guess that would be the word for it, either them or the Cowboys. But like I told you earlier, I hope the Bears get him. That's what I really want. Um, Mitchell Trubisky, he's been okay, but I really feel like he can perform better if he had a quarterback behind him. So getting on to the subject of the Bears, are you guys a believer in the Bears after uh, what you saw against the Lions last week? No, no. They they beat a team with their backup quarterback, uh, who still did decent, all things considered. He kind of, I guess, what we joked about here, had kind of the Marcus Childers game back when Rod Carey was here, where he gets a lot of completions but not a ton of yards. Like he'll get 20 completions and he'll barely break, you know, 150 yards. Um that's almost that's yeah that's Trubisky all the time honestly. I think part of their issue is they they the defense hasn't been as strong as they've been. Like I feel like the offense maybe has always been this bad. Like given the pieces that they have, like they're not going to be able to run the ball well if Tariq Cohen's their number one back. Yeah, um, it's just and it's still I say this I feel like every week I don't understand like. Not much has changed with our offense uh, in the offseason other than losing uh, Jordan Howard. And uh, I don't see how Jordan Howard not being there has changed how productive this offense is, especially, like, with the throwing game. Like, Trubisky was not bad last year. Like, well, didn't he have six touchdowns in the game? Yeah, he did. Have a, he had six that touchdowns against, against the, the Buccaneers. That was against the Buccaneers, though. I mean, but still, like – We've played uh, bad teams this year, and he's been nowhere close to that. You're definitely right. So the bright point in the last game was Trubisky did play well. He had three touchdowns, had a QB rating of 131. That's something we're not used to seeing out of Trubisky. Not this year. Especially. But what I do like was how David Montgomery actually had touches last game. Yeah, yeah, that's. The, I think David Montgomery should be getting more touches, especially if we're going out of the backfield. Exactly. I don't know how. I don't know what made them go. You know what? We got this big, powerful uh, running back in Jordan Howard. We're gonna give his touches to Tariq Cohen. Like, and no offense to Tariq Cohen, he's a great uh, open field guy, but like, he's not gonna, you know, give you five yards of carry quite like Howard could. You can't even really run Tariq Cohen up the middle. You can't get no tough yards with him. He's he's just good for sweeps, screens, pitches, runs like that. I feel they have to get Montgomery involved to even have a chance. Someone got to take the pressure off Trubisky. Right now, everybody's saying make Trubisky play quarterback, and they're not even worried about the run. So at least have them think about it. Give them give the defense a reason to come up. So far, they've just been playing back. Matt Nagy has also had some really awful play-calling games, I feel like, or at least bad game-managing uh, in, in some senses. It was against the Chargers, I think. They were on the goal line, and they threw the ball three times. And it was something that Matt LaFleur did, and he's like, well, I trust my passing game. He's like, I, you know, trust numbers. You get three chances from the one, and you pick up a foot every play, you have a <laughs> touchdown. Like, <laughs> like he, his fate in... His team, his offense, fluctuates from week to week. And also I think sometimes he does the unexpected or does wacky stuff for the sake of they're not expecting it in the face of conventional <laughs> wisdoms of football. Like, it's okay. Like, Bill Belichick has been doing the same stuff for 20 years, and he never surprises anyone with it, but it wins him games. You know, yeah, same for true. a lot of other teams. Like, And sometimes when they try and test conventional wisdom, 
there's not a lot of success in it. And I guess this is proof of it because they're trying some new stuff and it's cool to see new stuff tried, but at the same time, it's it's really tough to, for someone to be doing that when you're, you know, sitting on the outside of the playoff picture right now. Yeah, I'm like, and just with how the Vikings and the Packers have been playing, I don't think we're going to make the playoffs this year. Even if, like, we start picking up wins, I don't see it. Well, right now, we got a record of four and five. I think we three games behind the Vikings. and We're a ways back, I feel like. I feel like it, three games in this division at least feels like a mile. Yeah, that is yeah. A, that is a lot, especially with the upcoming spe- schedule with the Bears have. The next game is against the Rams, mm-hmm. and the Rams are only five and four. And as you all know, I don't believe in Jared Goff, so I think we can win this game. That one, I actually do think we could win. Um, okay, well here's here's their last four games of the year: Cowboys on Thursday night after uh, Thanksgiving, wow. at Green Bay, they host the Chiefs, and then they head to Minnesota. That's going to be rough. The only games I feel the shred of confidence in, call me crazy, I do think the Bears are going to split the season series against the Packers. I just have a feeling. It's a feeling. Uh, I mean, the Packers not, like, substantially good. Um, Aaron Rodgers pretty good, but I, I still feel like the Bears can beat them. I haven't seen a Packers team from when they won the Super Bowl. Like, this Packers team is vulnerable. The Chargers beat them. so I, I will pencil this team in for two or three more wins this year. Yeah. And that's it. I think we could still beat the Vikings and if we get them. If they get to 800, or not 800, 500, 8 and 8, I'll be happy. Yeah. The Chiefs are going to decimate us. Probably. You yeah, know, But at the same time, I mean, you could throw anyone against that Chiefs secondary, and they might do pretty well. That they is got true. torched by Ryan Tannehill last week, <laughs> so who knows? Yeah, but with our defense has been inconsistent in putting together stops right. on a regular basis, which in turn has then put the offense back onto the field, and then the offense gets a quick three and out, and then the defense is back on, and then just repeats, 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 and our defense just – they're gassed. So for yeah. the, the plus side is the Bears are fourth in points allowed. So the defense is somewhat holding their own. Not as not as good as last year, but still they they're holding their they've own. They've lost some guys due to injury, and they've also yeah. had so, like Khalil Mack has been impactful, but not as like game changing as he's been in the yeah, past. He kinda, where he kind of been he's creating turnovers, double team, triple team, the like. It's hard, and then they say Eddie Goldman's questionable. So we'll see what happens with him. And Danny Trevathan went out against the Lions, so. Ooh, that, that's a tough loss. That's yeah, a tough that loss. That was a nasty. I, I haven't seen that particular play yet. I, ref- I missed it. I refuse to look at it again. <laughs> it's I, I, I hate looking at stuff like that. I NBA, won't, I won't NFL. Then. I won't. Then. It's it's nasty. So real quick, you guys think the Bears can beat the Rams? I mean, the Steelers beat them last week. That's one of the games I will give the Bears. Rams. I'll give them a chance. I'll give them a chance. That's one, like, Packers, no way. Uh, Cowboys, no way. Chiefs, no way. That's one I'll give them a shot with. All right. Moving down a level, we're going to talk some NCAA college football, or at least uh, a controversy going on right now. Everything in football right now that is newsworthy is a controversy, whether it's in the NFL, NCAA, whether it's a quarterback controversy, or a controversy on, like, ethics within uh, an organization or within right. a league. Um, so Chase Young, uh, def- defensive end for Ohio-, Ohio State University, has been suspended. Well, initially he was suspended two games, but they rolled it back to one. 
Um, he was suspended because I he, think originally it was four games, and then they made it two. Yeah, because yeah. I know he's sitting out this next game. So he yeah. he sat out last week against um, Maryland, and he just got to sit out this week against Rutgers. Oh, Rutgers. oh okay. So, so it's still two games, oh, okay, but he it. already has set out before they had gave him a final uh, suspension day. So they they just took that into account and gave him only one extra game. So oh, it's still okay. two games, though. You're right. Oh, so th- that's what I saw. I misread the headline then. Anyway, though, he was suspended for the most outrageous reason I have ever heard in my life. So the man was in a bowl game, and he's the like the Rose Bowl, not yeah. just a, this isn't your cheese it bowl. This is the, <laughs> the Rose Bowl. The Rose Bowl, and he's like, "Hey, I'm a student athlete. I don't have money." My good friend, can you uh, give me some money so I can buy a plane ticket for my girlfriend so she can come to the Rose Bowl and support me? The friend was like, sure, here's some money. Girlfriend got to go to the Rose Bowl. NCAA finds out. He gets suspended because... You're not allowed to take money if you're an amateur, said the NCAA. I borrowed five bucks from James the other week so I could uh, tip my uh, Uber Eats driver. (laughs) But if I was a student, thank God I'm not a student athlete, though. I would have been suspended. It's another example of the bagel and cream cheese rule. Just that players just can't seem to get away with anything at this point in time. Um, I feel real bad for him. He he had he had a stellar year, and I'm, I'm afraid this is gonna hurt his Heisman hopes. Yeah, that's what's ridiculous. What do you think about this, James? I think it. I pointed this out to Jared earlier. For the whole ordeal with an assistant coach who was committing domestic violence against his wife, Urban Meyer got three games. They originally give this kid for flying his girlfriend out to one of their games four games. Wow, that's crazy. And that, then that I finally, I'm assuming someone in the NCAA noticed that and went, uh, hold on, wait a second. We so, got to roll this back. So apparently but, if, if, if he had borrowed over $800, it would have stayed at four games. That's what yeah. the NCAA claims. Yeah. But I've always thought this because we get the privilege to cover student athletes and actually make some monicum of money off of it. Don't get me wrong. We're still college students. We're still broke. But, like, we've got something to support us. These college athletes, a lot of them, like, college sports is it. And you can say they're getting an education. Uh, Some of them are and some of them aren't. I think they assume that everything's taken care of them when it comes to the academics, but they still have to do their papers and they have to get their grades in check and they still have to, you know, put food on the table for themselves and pay to keep the lights on in their apartment. And... If it's something that we as college students are allowed to do, I am all for student-athletes being able to do for it. I'm going to fly out to Atlanta in about two weeks to go see my family for Thanksgiving. And I'm, I can't afford a plane ticket, so my parents were like, we'll cover it. And a student-athlete could go and talk to one of their friends and say, hey – I need money for a plane ticket to go see my family, and that could get them in trouble. Mm-hmm. And they have to say, no, I can't do that now. Yeah. It's insane. It's, it's, the NCAA is so anal about this stuff when it comes to the little tic-tac things. And, and you, we mentioned uh, Penny Hardaway and the, the kid from Memphis. Yeah. And, uh, and it's, it's yeah, the Wiseman. same thing. Yeah. And it's the same thing. And it was before Hardaway was even a head coach. Like, he paid for the family to move. Um, he and it was not like he paid for him, he paid for his family. 
So it could be like a friend helping out a family to like do something. Uh, Penny Hardaway could go to one of his distant cousin's uh, relatives, you know, restaurant, pay for his dinner, and then the NCAA is going to call up. Oh, yeah. That happens all the time. Didn't I I can't remember who it was, but I think it was now an NBA player. Like their mom was taken out to dinner by like an agent. The agent paid for probably a $20 meal. So $20, that's just one Andrew Jackson, and a player got in trouble for that. It's insane. I don't. I don't get how the – I don't know, A, how the NCAA NCAA finds out about half this stuff Mm -hmm. and deals with it the way they do. And meanwhile, I hate to call this kid out like this. There's a player for Nebraska. I got got to cover him earlier in the year named Maurice Washington, and I pulled him up because I just thought about this. He is currently, as we speak, dealing with an investigation into child pornography charges in the state of California. Oh, wow. And yet at the beginning of the year, he was allowed to play. And then they kept moving back his, his, you know, court date so he could keep playing. Um, And I'm like, how is that? How's the NCAA look at that and go, okay, cool. And they look at this kid, you know, flying his girlfriend out to go see this game. And they're, then they say, hit the brakes. You can't play against Maryland Rutgers. And in all fairness, when they originally said four games, I was like, well, those are going to be four of the most important games of this dude's career. It's going to Penn State and Michigan's included in that. It's going to determine whether his team goes to, you know, the college football playoff, and it may have a big factor into his NFL prospects. Now that it, it eventually now has been trickled down to Maryland Rutgers, not that big of a deal. If anything, they're saving Rutgers the trouble of being blown out by 150. <laughs> um, but no, but nonetheless, I mean, really, it's some stuff that it's like just back off. Like it, 800 bucks is not going to make or break anyone. No, no, not at all. Especially since he used the money on someone else. So it's like he borrowed the money and then gave it to someone else. So he didn't even keep the money for himself. Right. At that moment, did he get paid? Like, it doesn't even look like it. looked like he was a middleman almost. Yeah. So literally, like, if his friend gave the money directly to his girlfriend for the plane ticket, there'd be no issue here. Not not at all. It's just because he was the one that transferred the money to his girlfriend and or in a way bought the ticket for her and gave her the ticket. That's the issue. It's it's ridiculous. It's just crazy. Mm. All right. So let's move away from uh, football and college sports. We're going to dive into another controversy. This time it's in uh, the world of basketball, the NBA. Load management is back up into the headlines. Uh, Kawhi Leonard sat out a game recently, and the Clippers said, like, oh, yeah, he's injured. They didn't really say what he was injured for at the time. So the NBA, I believe, fined the Clippers, like, $50,000. Yeah, um... At first, yeah, because apparently Doc Rivers later came out and said he wasn't really injured. Um, th- those uh, those details are sketchy, but the problem is at this point is superstars taking a seat. My, in my opinion, I understand if you're tired. You know the NBA season's long. You you got to be ready for playoffs. Understandable, but when you have a national televised game, that, at that moment you costing the NBA money. You you cheating the fans. Exactly. Some people, some people get see like the season ticket holders. Okay, they they're gonna see every home game, but some people they only buy that ticket. They want to see LeBron and Kawhi, and then if Kawhi set out, how would that look? So I, I believe the la- the game he set out was against the Bucks. So if you were in Milwaukee and 
Kawhi didn't come, and that's who you came to see. How would you feel? Like you, you, you yeah, you get to see the Bucks, but you really wanted to see Kawhi against the Bucks. Yeah, like I look at it this way as a Bulls fan. I only look at ticket prices now, and like when I want to go to a Bulls game, due to the state of the roster, like yeah, it's good to see the young guys, and I can say, hey, if Kobe White develops into an All Star, I, I saw him in his rookie year. But I'm looking at Bulls games like okay. Lakers are in town. It'd be cool to see LeBron and AD. No. Oh, Spurs are in town. Seeing Greg Popovich, DeMar DeRozan, LaMarcus Aldridge. Um, not a great example. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking more like the Tim Duncan era. But, hey, it's cool to see Pops on the sideline. Maybe uh, he gets thrown out by a ref within the first 30 seconds of the game. You never know. Or it's like, oh, I want to go see. Um, Jimmy Butler like, Heat. Yeah, the Joel and B 76ers. The Golden State Warriors, even though none of the players I would want to see on the Warriors are Kemba, healthy right Kemba now. Kemba on the Celtics. Yeah, exactly. And then when I get to the game and it's like Kawhi Leonard's resting because he is resting. And it's like Kawhi Leonard hasn't had an injury in how long? Why is he resting? I came to this game because I want to see a NBA superstar play when my team is trash and I really don't care about them. I'm just here to see the superstar whoop my bulls or yeah. maybe see the bulls put up a fight against my superstar and just see how the younger players play against this all-star so there's some factors into this that i think change the opinion on this sport as opposed to other sports because the thing is guys get rest in every sport um if an nfl team's really good they will rest guys some weeks or they will say hey if you're hurt don't come back this week because we're playing a, a you know bad team or something like that yeah they hurt. mlb you know they they play 162 games a year there's very few guys <laughs> if any who are like yeah my body can take that or you know the nhl guys are healthy scratches all the time and they could be really good players and it's just a matter of they can't play the 82 game schedule in a, a grueling game like that additionally what i think is a big factor the 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 main factors i think that make the discussion around the NBA different is how it's such a star-driven league and how there's, you know, the big draw to games isn't, you know, oh, I get to see the Lakers is, oh, I get to see LeBron and Anthony Davis, or I do, it's not, I don't get to watch the Nets, it's Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and the Nets. As star-driven as it is, like, I get where people say, hey, this is something that's going to hurt the business aspect of it. In terms of success, it works. It uh, absolutely works, and, and Kawhi Leonard is absolute proof of that because he missed 22 games last year. People were saying, what the hell is up with Kawhi Leonard? And then he got to the playoffs when it mattered the most, and he was a monster. Yeah. And he was able to outlast and outperform guys like Giannis and guys like Steph Curry and, and Kevin Durant before he got hurt and Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons because he was a little more rested. Well, well like, I get that. Uh, I understand that. And, yeah, Kawhi Leonard was fantastic during that time. Um, but I'm just worried that because he did that, players are going to start looking at the end of the season like, all right, I'm going to do the same thing. So we're going to see, like, when you look back on the basketball reference stats, all these star players are playing, like, 62 games a year. Um, and... I don't get because the NBA already does so much for these players, and I'm usually on the player side with stuff. I'm very pro player, but on this issue, I'm not. Um, they have virtually eliminated back to backs, and there's no such thing as three games in a row on the schedule. Most of the circuit, like I don't know if you guys remember the Bulls circus trips when they go out west for like 
10 games in a row, that doesn't exist anymore, and a lot of teams don't have that anymore. So they're limiting time spent on the road. They're limiting back-to-backs where, like, players are getting off planes and playing games right away. Um, Sports medicine is better than it's ever been. They have all these dietists, uh, all these personal trainers that are making sure they're exercising and treating their bodies the right way. And, like, you look back at, like, the 80s and 90s, John Stockton in 19 years only missed 22 games. That's insane. A little guy, this little, like, 6'1 point guard, buck 75, getting – this is back when you could get hit, when you were allowed to hit people when they're going through the lane or doing whatever. Well, in fairness, I'm not going to – uh, you can't compare John Stockton and what his job was on game nights to what Kawhi Leonard's was, well, say last year well, with this. Right. But like, I look Raptors at Michael. Right. I look at Michael Jordan. He said yes. it yourself. He like you get paid to play all eighty-two games. He didn't care who he was playing, and he, he had nine consecutive seasons with eighty-two games played as well. Exactly, and he he didn't care. Like imagine if a superstar showed up to New York and decided not to play. You know how huge that would be, especially in New York City. They suck. So imagine, <laughs> imagine being a Knicks fan, <laughs> wanting to see a superstar, and you don't get to see it in the city of I New think, York. In fairness, I think Knicks fans have a lot more problems than who shows up and does play. Then I, I think their biggest problem is who shows up in their arena every single night and plays. I mean, and the I fact that it's twelve power forwards. <laughs> Oh, that's definitely another issue. That's definitely another issue. Gosh, but. we should we should have put we should have put the Knicks. But we can talk about them well, when we, we talk can. about this next thing. But it's just man, real quick. We can talk about it. David Fisdale. <laughs> yeah, David Fisdale gets thrown under the bus by by Knicks how, GMs How come you aren't owners. winning with ten power forwards? It's, we gave you ten power it, forwards. Their, their best player is win? Julius Randle. Dennis Smith Jr. has yet to play a game. Oh um. They have Mark. I think Marcus Morris is currently their leading scorer. Yeah, he dropped twenty two last night. Yeah, good player, but that's, that's your leading scorer. That's gross. RJ yeah. Barrett <laughs> doesn't even know who he is yet. So, but you throw your coach under the bus, who no one has a problem with. I hear with. all of management's on the chopping block. Like they well, should be. Well, yes, <laughs> but James Dolan's thinking, all right, I'll fire everyone. He wants to bring in Masai. I can't. I can never say his name. Masai the Toronto Ujiri. Raptors president. Yes. And he's like, yeah, I bring this guy in, boom, going to get Giannis. You know, what's good? I'm, we, we're the Knicks. No one wants to go there anymore. <laughs> like, did, did this not this, this last not offseason not teach him that, that no one wants to go there? Clear. You have all this cap space, and look what you got with it. Clearly he doesn't, le- he doesn't learn his lesson because no. he thinks this every year. I think because he got Melo and Amari, he he's probably been feeling himself lately. Someone take the Knicks away from that man. <laughs> I think that's Someone the only way to... they get stars. Yeah, honestly. I think collectively that's it, and and tying it to our last topic, Kobe White and the Bulls. That so I or Cody White and the Bulls. I saw that last three, and I was like, man, this kid's good. Oh and then I watched god. all the threes. Oh my god, that Knicks team can't guard. <laughs> they can't like they just lost him. Some of his were pretty deep though. Yeah. yeah, some of them were deep. Like don't get me wrong. I think he's really good. And so far he's I would put him among the top 5 rookies in the league right now. That's fair, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. And and he we have a point guard, which is something uh you know, maybe not right now we have a point guard, but definitely one or two years down the line, all right, we've got the one position locked up. Mm-hmm. As Jared, no, I love this man. I wanted the Bulls to draft this man. I was excited to see this man name come across the draft board. 
already the one thing I knew is he had a shot. I'm just hoping his playmaking develops to be that starting point guard role. Right. You know, I mentioned earlier, I think he can get he can get ten assists a game in the future. But we see he got the he got the wheels to score and that's exactly what we need right now. Yeah, I, I look at him and I'm like I mean he's he can be streaky at times, but that's okay. It's his rookie year, it's his first like ten or so games. Um and he's had more spectacular performances, one provided with the right amount of playing time than not. Um and I'm looking at that and I'm like, all right, I like what I see. This guy can't stay on the bench forever, but at the same time I don't want to see him playing next to Zach Levine. So me, I'm starting to buy into uh, Kobe White. I think we might have to look at moving Zach Levine. You think we'll have to move Zach Levine? I think that's something the Bulls have to explore. I just I don't think their games are going to mesh. That wouldn't be it. I mean, this season, I don't think it. Like, well, yeah, I know a lot of people fine. coming in said that they might be a 10th seed or whatever, and I was like, Jim Boylan's still the coach, so I'm going to pass on that. <laughs> and that's my big uh, like question mark with all of it is, all right, how long does it take Jim Boylan to screw this kid up? Because he did the same to Wendell Carter Jr. midway through the season. That kid's confidence was shot. He's and now well this year, though. he's played well this year, but like for what was he, a top five pick last uh, year? He was, top, he was seventh. He, he was seven? Three seventh yeah. in a row. And he was, you know, mediocre for a number seven overall pick. And his confidence was shot, and that's a big reason why. So if he's getting that confidence back, that's good. And the whole deal with pulling guys, like he, you know, he's got to man up and be like, "Hey, I gotta let my players play if they're if they're going if they're going well." Yeah, and see, that's what concerns me with Kobe, uh, Kobe's <coughs> inconsistent playing time because, like, uh, what he went off for like twenty something points like the first night of the season, and then like. A week later, he's playing 15 minutes and had, like, eight points. It's like, why is he playing 15 minutes? Like, it's it's sort of the same issue with that we mentioned Matt Nagy. It's confidence. He, the, you know, Jim Boylan's got to build up confidence. He sees these guys more than any of us do. And he's got to build up the confidence to say, all right, I'm going to stick, you know, my guns are telling me to go with, you know, White. Or it's telling me to go with Zach. Or it's telling me to go with Carter. I think the problem is – is the point guard jam that's not really a jam but it's a jam just because we have a lot of point guards right um I, I feel that he feels the need to play a lot of them um is at the point I feel like it's some it's some games Chris Dunn do have that I feel that I'm happy he's playing but at a certain point I'm like I feel Chris Dunn gonna interfere with Kobe's white yeah, development he should not be playing more than Kobe White. that's yeah. that's my issue no offense to if I'm the Bulls, I'm saying no offense to guy from the Wizards who I can't name and Chris Thomas Dunn. Adaransky. Thomas Thomas, Shredder. you are not the future of the <laughs> Chicago Bulls. You are far from the – you are barely the present of the Chicago You're Bulls. You're the placeholder. Yeah, he just, he's literally the placeholder, and I think he knows that, though. I don't, I don't think he's planning on starting. I think he understands that. Yeah, like he knows he – he knows he's just probably for temporarily the best the best option, and you know he does a good job of setting people up. He plays D, he uses wingspan, he can finish. Um, I wish he was more aggressive, honestly, because he has a shot. But I honestly believe the Bulls got to fix this point guard jam because they still have Archie Diakono on the bench, and that that would make four point guards. And Jim Boylan honestly tries to play all of them every <laughs> game. And you can't do that. You just can't do that. No matter no matter what lineup you throw out there, you can't do that. Chris Dunn 
and Kobe White, I feel, shouldn't be on the floor together. You at know the what? Same time. You know what? Now thinking about it, as a nice way to close out both thoughts we had on the Knicks and the Bulls, what would have made last night's game even more amazing than loser basically is doomed to f- be fired by the end of the year? If we just had, if it was an entire Knicks team full of power forwards versus, <laughs> no. versus a Bulls team entirely of point guards. What, uh, Zach Levine at the five? Yeah, Zach Levine at the five. <laughs> put Dunn, actually put, bring actually, Bugsy Moogs back and put him at the one. <laughs> they want to play big ball, we'll play small ball. We'll play ultra small ball. Uh, the new Phoenix Suns, back when they had Brandon Knight, Isaiah Thomas, and right, Ron right, right. Uh Remember Eric Bless that was over there too, guys. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to play uh, three point guards at the same time. Uh, it should work out. One yeah. of them's 5'9". Uh, <laughs> no sweat. <laughs> Already asking for a lot of problems. But I still got faith in my Bulls. I still feel 41 and 41 can get you in the playoffs in the East, and I think the Bulls can do that. I don't know if they can go 41 and 41. <laughs> yeah, it's, it'll be interesting. They're off to a terrible start on that trip. <laughs> yep. Um, I think they're currently like they're four uh, and seven. three and seven, four and seven. Four and seven four and with seven. the win last night. They're like tw- 11th or 12th in the East. But it's there's like four teams right now that are four and six, including the Brooklyn Nets. So – not far. Not far. Brooklyn has not been performing well. Honestly, well, they don't the have da- KD yet. Yeah, yeah and but Brooklyn's that's next the 7th seed. <laughs> yeah. Brooklyn's the 7th seed right now. So, we're not far from the playoff hunt if you want to call it a it's playoff hunt. It's not a hunt. playoff hunt in <laughs> the 10 East. 10 games into the season. A playoff <laughs> spot is n- is very <laughs> arbitrary this year. <laughs> yeah. Especially if you at the if you in the last 6th, 7th uh, or 8th seed. The Orlando Magic can still make the playoffs. They made that's it last how, year, that's so how, that's how you know that it's going to be rough because they. I can't name one guy on that team. Uh, DJ Augustine, former Bull. Wow, is that their best player? <laughs> uh, no, Nikola Aaron Vucevic. Gordon. Oh, okay. I, was, I, I think Vucevic. Yeah, better. that's the double double machine. The fact that the argument is who's better, DJ Augustine or Nick Vucevic, <laughs> tells me your team is hey, doomed. Hey, <laughs> DJ Augustine uh, balled out against the Raptors in uh, game one of uh, the first people, round. People are going to look back at this year and be like, what the hell was the NBA? The Suns were good. <laughs> Dude, like, I still don't understand that. They're like 6-3. and three. I'm mad because DeAndre right. Aiden got injured and they're still winning. Oh, like, no, I mean, not injured, he's suspended. He's suspended. My, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's that's and all the more reason why I don't understand it. <laughs> you still have another 20 games to serve, too, so it'll be interesting to watch them. The West is so weird this year. The right. Blazers are like 4-6. and six. I, I don't get it. I don't understand the West either. The Thunder out here surprising people with Ws. Is it's Chris just, Paul still on the Thunder? Yes. yes. And he's, he's playing, too. Oh, my God. He acting like he loves it. <laughs> 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 It's, it's kind of hilarious. You, he was I, like, I'm getting out of here. And then they went to 5-5. Five and five. He's like, I'm staying. <laughs> this is my team. I love this city. I think well, the win that's where he started the... his career, though, in Oklahoma City. That's true. Technically, yeah. he did. I mean, yeah, <laughs> Oklahoma City Hornets for that one season after Katrina. They had a picture of him with the uh, red uh, New Orleans jersey for Valentine's Day. As soon as he got, as soon as he went back to the Thunder, just good reminiscing them times with the ball fade, Chris Paul. I'll, I'll never forget them days. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Headliners Podcast. Make sure to subscribe to us on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Make sure to check us out at the Northern Stars website, northernstar.info, under the multimedia section for all our podcasts and the sports section for all our articles and columns. Follow James on Twitter at jkrauspro, Quentin at freelyasq, and myself at jaredhuffns.